You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Everybody and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here and being a part of the shows, and uh, thank you for helping to spread the word and uh, let people know about the podcast. It's always amazing to hear from brand new people that are finding the shows and uh, all of the wonderful feedback we're getting. So thank you to all of you for all of the efforts on our behalf. Um, We've got an exciting show tonight for you guys that I'm, I'm really looking forward to bringing you because uh, I'll inter- be introducing you to uh, a gentleman who, in my opinion, is uh, by far the best paranormal journalist out there. Uh, he does write some amazing articles, and uh, I've gotten to know him on, on, uh, on social media and uh, just a, a really fantastic guy. But first of all, I'd like to say that if you've got paranormal experiences of your own that you'd like to share Really love to hear from you because, uh, you know, the best stories, of course, are firsthand from those who are experiencing it. So if you've got some stories you got that you wouldn't mind being a guest on the show, we'd love to have you. And you can reach out to me at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com and we'll be in touch, get in touch with you and we'll get it dialed in and have you as a guest on the show. So anyway, uh, onward and forward. So our, our, topic tonight is primarily the gentleman that created the the material and uh that is brent swanser uh and uh he's a uh, an incredible uh paranormal journalist doesn't it does an amazing job on his articles i've been a fan of his for so many years uh i've learned so much from his articles through the years of reading his work and it was just a thrill for me to finally meet him on social media and uh have a chance to talk a little bit and uh and it's just been really cool, and uh, he's given me permission to cover some of his articles. So I'm really excited about doing that because I definitely want to spread the word. I really believe in supporting uh, the talents that are out there and trying to bring awareness to them. So if you're not familiar with Brent Swanser, you can find his work on MysteriousUniverse.org. And uh, it, it's got a whole plethora of articles out there on several different topics. And so 
I'm just really thrilled to be able to bring some of them here for you guys. And uh, I hope you'll continue to check out his work. So uh, without further ado, hang on because we're going in. thing we're going to be checking out today is uh, an article that appeared on MysteriousUniverse.org uh, in February 6th of 2017, uh, of course, authored by Brent Swanser. And this one is called Bizarre Encounters with the Weird in the Middle East Wars. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever caught some of the stories that have come out of, uh, out of Iraq and Afghanistan and, and such, but... There's a whole lot of strangeness out there. Um, it's not just the giant of Kandahar, which is probably one of the best known stories, but there's several other weird things that were reported coming out of there from uh, soldiers returning home that might just curl your hair. Um, <laughs> I know that they're baffling to me and really uh, actually pretty frightening if indeed these things are true, which you know I, I can only suspect uh, at least these people believed it was. So, so let's dig into it and here we go. War can be a frightening in more ways than one. In addition to the fighting and the death, there's also often come reports of things that evade conventional explanation, which often are overshadowed by the more covered events of the war at large. Yet slipping between the cracks are numerous tales of soldiers who've come face to face with not the enemy, but rather creatures, beings, and entities that inhabit the wilds of the battlefield and the fringes of the imagination. Most wars produce such reports, uh, and the seemingly never-ending engagements in Iraq and Afghanistan are no different. Hiding within the tales of bombings, battles, and warfare stories of strange, mysterious encounters which are often equally as harrowing, the troops have reported coming across unknown animals, otherworldly entities, and bizarre beasts straight out of myth, proving once again that war is, at times, way weirder and more frightening than you might imagine. Uh, there are a myriad of strange stories to have come out, uh, out of the warring in the Middle East concerning a, a range of strange creatures sighted and confronted by troops that defy explanation and run the gamut from the odd to the downright bizarre. One curious report was mentioned in the book Phantoms and Monsters, Strange Encounters by Lon Strickler. The account concerns a witness who worked for several years in Iraq and Afghanistan from 2004 through 2009 with the U.S. Army Criminal Investigations, CID, uh, investigating crimes amongst military personnel such as bribery and theft. In 2005, he was embedded with an army infantry unit deep in the rugged mountains of a region of Iraq, Kurdis, Iraqi Kurdistan, rather, called the Sulaymaniya Governorate. Governorate. Sorry, I'm just brutalizing that. I do apologize. No disrespect meant. It's just my Midwestern palate trying to shape these words in the. It's not always fun. <laughs> so in, the, in northwest Iraq, near the Iranian borders, 
After being briefed on the general situation, he learned of some of the decidedly bizarre activity that had been occurring in the remote area concerning a mysterious creature haunting the locals that no one was able to identify. According to the villagers of the isolated wilderness region and the Kurdish military, people are being stalked and hunted by a beast known locally as the ghoul, but it's spelled G-H-O-O-L, which was described as being a very tall humanoid creature with disproportionately long arms and legs and which purportedly had a taste for human flesh. The witness was ordered to the area for an in-depth investigation, accompanied by an infantry squad, and at this point, it was thought that the bizarre story perhaps came down to a crazed soldier who had gone AWOL and was going around killing people. It was thought that they may be basically dealing with a serial killer, a man who had perhaps snapped and just gone mad from the stresses of war. Yet, after several days of surveillance and searching, they come up with no trace of who or what could be behind the strange activity. They began to suspect that this was all just spooky stories and nerves, but villagers were adamant that something was hunting them and killing them, to the point that many were afraid to leave their homes even in the daytime. Then things took a turn for the weird. According to the witness, one evening he was going over some reports with the squad leader when they reported hearing a shrill, unearthly scream echo through the air outside, which seemed to come from the direction of a nearby mountain pass. When they went outside to investigate, some of the villagers were hurrying to their homes for safety. They had claimed that this was the scream of the very thing that had been terrorizing them. The armed soldiers mobilized and decided, decided to head into the pass to investigate the eerie otherworldly scream, and whatever it was howled again several times, standing everyone's hair on end. It was an alarming, blood-curdling sound, unlike anything any of them had ever heard before, like no animal known to live in the area, and these heavily armed men were actually scared of what they might find out there in the dark. Slowly and warily, they fanned out into the dark pass to conduct a search, and the witness would describe what happened thus. Within the hour, the squad and I were slowly entering the pass, and it was night, but the moon was very bright, and we were able to see around a bit. We searched the entire area for several hours using night vision and high-intensity lights, and we found nothing, not a footprint or remnant from any creature fitting the description. I've always wondered uh, what we heard that night, I have asked a few learned people for their opinion, but with little satisfaction. There were many strange instances in Iraq that just never made the light of day, and I, I heard of some, but I'm positive most were just filed away. Other strange humanoid creatures seem to have haunted, haunted troops in the Middle East that were just as hard to classify, and every bit as odd. One American soldier claimed to have had a very bizarre encounter while deployed to a remote area of southern Afghanistan. The witness reports that one night he and a squad mate had set up a position to secure a site at around 2 a.m., at which time only he and the forward gunner were aware, or were awake, rather. After setting up the position, they sat in the, in the quiet night, scanning the darkness for any activity and the, dark, uh, the tiredness and monotony of the scene crept up on them to threaten to make them fall asleep. However, they were jolted awake 
when something bizarre stepped out of the night. Out of the shadows, about 75 yards away from their position, crept what appeared to be a very tall man. And the startled soldiers put on their night vision goggles to identify this potential enemy. Whatever the figure was appeared to be human. And they were wondering whether to open fire or not when it reportedly turned its head toward them and peered at them with eyes so bright that they hurt the soldier's eyes and caused their night vision goggles to malfunction. The witness would say of the rest of the encounter, Then the thing turned and looked right at me with eyes so bright my night vision started to burn out, meaning it was so bright it was burning the system. Usually done only by really uh, bright stuff like the sun. So that freaked me out, and I pulled up, pulled my NVGs, night vision equipment, off, and those, those eyes were like neon red blood. Blood red and bright as the sun. So this freaks me out, and I pull my machine gun over and train the thermal optic on it, and those eyes were so hot it started to burn out the optic. Same concept as before, but with, you know, heat. But his body was so cold he stood out, from the background, which was really weird. I slowly loaded it, and then the eyes moved like he cocked his head at me and turned and walked off and was gone. I didn't say a word of this while we were there or to anyone in the Army since we've gotten back. These strange encounters with humanoid beings could be a lot of things, but according to some far-out reports, they may be actually real vampires. As outrageous as this may sound, one investigator, reporter, and former U.S. Marine named Tim King, who spent months in an Afghanistan combat theaters covering a variety of uh, military operations for SalemNews.com and Oregon's KPTV Fox 12, wrote of just such a thing in 2007, article for Salem News entitled Vampires in Afghanistan. Soldiers say it's true. According to King, during his travels, he met an American soldier at the the Bagram airfield in Afghanistan and would tell him a bizarre tale indeed. The soldier asked King if he knew about the vampire problem in the area, something the reporter had not once heard of in his entire time in the country. Intrigued, King asked for more information on what the soldier was talking about, who obliged by claiming that the vampires were said to live deep in the desert and that they were quite a bit taller than normal humans, and that they were frequently women. He claimed the people of the area had known about these sinister creatures for centuries, and they came out in the dark and stalked the desert, badlands, and mountains at night looking for victims, and that they were indeed often thought to be responsible for people going missing without a trace. The soldier would tell King, they are really terrified of them. It scares people half to death if they just think one is around. They come out at night. Sometimes people come out missing, especially kids. They even pull their animals inside when the vampires are out. It's been going on for hundreds of years here. People in other parts of the world don't even know about it, but anyone who has lived around here does. The soldier also claimed that military forces operating in the, in the region were also aware of the vampires and that they had seen them on many occasions, adding, guys are scared. You're damn right. They know there isn't a thing anyone can do about it. If one of them decides to come after you, you just stick with other people and hope for the best sometimes. 
fitting very well into the theme of vampires prowling the nighttime landscape in the wastelands of Afghanistan is another exceptionally bizarre report from the country, which allegedly occurred on January 25th, 2002. It started when a group of U.S. Marines were mapping caves near Tora Bora with sonar equipment when they reportedly began having strange interference on their equipment with some of unidentified signal coming from within. The soldiers thought at first that it was a, a jamming device of some sort, screwing with their equipment, possibly used by Taliban forces. And three men, Corporals Sawyer and Wade, and three men, Corporals Sawyer, Wade, and, oh, and Sergeant Carlos Ramos, allegedly ventured into the darkness to see what was going on. They geared up and went in search of the source of the signal that was jamming them, which appeared to be embedded deep down in the cave somewhere. As they penetrated into the muck of the cave's bowels, Corporal Wade reportedly walked into an explosive device, booby trap of some sort, which broke his back and started screaming out in pain. Then the others ran to his aid. They could see that he was not only hurt, but terrified by something he had just seen. The fallen soldier claimed that after he had been injured, as he lay helpless on the cave floor, something large had flown over him, which he said looked like a woman with wings. The other Marines thought that maybe the incapacitated Wade was hallucinating from the pain, and after making sure he was okay radioing for a rescue team, they left him there to see if they could reach the signal source, which their equipment told them was not far away. As the two remaining men closed in on the signal, it purportedly suddenly disappeared, only to reappear again at approximately at Wade's position. The two baffled Marines were trying to figure out what was going on when they suddenly heard gunfire coming from Wade as well as screams of what sounded like terror and pain. They hurried through the gloom and to their fallen buddy, but when they reached him, they found that Wade had died and sustained injuries from what appeared to be a wild animal of some sort. As the other two increasingly unsettled men continued to try to get a fix on the moving signal, they then reportedly came across the creature themselves, which appeared to be humanoid being with bat-like wings and feminine features. Even worse, it was apparently soon joined by more of them. Whatever these bizarre things were, they were apparently also very aggressive, as they immediately attacked the two Marines who dropped their flashlights in shock and fixed their weapons wildly uh, into the, or fired their weapons wildly into the darkness. When the rescue team, uh, when the rescue team they had originally called to come retrieve Wade arrived, they allegedly only found Ramos limping about, who was br brought in for medical attention and then treated for a case of rabies before finally being discharged and sent home. The bodies of Wayne and Sawyer, Wade and Sawyer rather, were supposedly never found. The case and the dramatization of these alleged rather dramatic events within the cave were featured on Animal Planet TV show Lost Tapes in Season 1, Episode 7. Um, did any of these really happen? It's hard to say for sure, but it's certainly a rather sensational case that seems to be like uh, something straight out of a horror movie. It must be noted that Animal Planet had, has become rather notorious in recent days for creating mockumentaries that present fake or highly exaggerated stories as real accounts. So 
it is perhaps best to take this particular report with a grain of salt. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in although the arid desert locale might not lend itself to such accounts the battlefields of the middle east have been the source of actual bigfoot reports or at least some similar type of hairy hominid one such account comes from a bfro report from investigator bg martin One evening in 2011, a 26-year-old army sergeant was on lookout duty at the remote mountainous region of Bargi Matal, Nuristan province, Afghanistan, stalking out the area for potential Taliban attacks through an infrared scope. At one point, he spotted the thermal image of a very large creature around 500 to 600 meters away, which he described as looking ape-like. He would say of it, it looked like a big monkey or an ape. It was big and beefy in the shoulders. The startled soldier called out to others and told them to train their scopes on the mysterious creature, and five others also saw it, after which they observed it for between an estimated 10 and 15 minutes. The heat signature suggested it was not wearing clothing of any sort, and that that would have created darker patches on the body and its coloration seemed to be a uniform white. None of them had any idea of what it could be, as it was much too large to be a man, and looked very ape-like, to the point that one of the soldiers even suggested that a gorilla must have escaped a zoo and wandered out into the wilderness. Whatever it was, was quite agile for its size, reportedly climbing up over loose granite and shale up steep slopes with ease. When the men later talked to locals, they were told that What they had seen was probably what they called a barmanu, which is a bipedal primate of some sort that they claim roams the mountains of western Pakistan and Afghanistan. It is a large, unknown humanoid hairy primate lurking within these remote areas. As if strange beings, vampires, and Bigfoot in Afghanistan aren't quite odd enough, there have been other weird creatures encountered by troops in the Middle East as well. In 2003, a U.S. soldier deployed during the Gulf War claims to have seen a bizarre beast that is 
hard to really classify. In July of that year, the witness was in the three-vehicle convoy on its way to Al-Nisraya uh, to Um Kasur when in the early morning hours, something wandered into the light cast by their headlights, which is described as being a cross between a monkey, a dog, and a rat. As they passed it, the creature appeared to completely ignore them, and they drove on into the night. However, it would not be the last time that they would spot one of these things. An hour later, the convoy was drawing close to its final destination of Um Kasur, uh, and as they rounded a bend, they saw another one of these same creatures. This time the road was well lit by streetlights, and they could see it in striking detail. The convoy stopped so that they could get a good look at it. The bizarre beast was reportedly around the height of a full-grown collie dog, but was hairless and possessed a gray body that was emaciated to the point that its ribs could be clearly seen, protruding from its sides. The tail was described as long and monkey-like, and its face was like that of a rat, with long, sharp teeth, pointed ears, and oversized, luminous gray eyes. Its legs were long, thin, and straight. The baffled men watched with mouths agape at this extraordinary sight, and none of them had the slightest idea of what kind of animal that this could be. They watched it for an estimated two minutes before it slinked into the shadows at the side of the road. The witness would then claim that they did not have a camera to record the sighting. What these did these men see? Obviously, there was more than one of them, so what were they? Mangy animals? A new species? A Middle Eastern chupacabra? Well, no one knows. Perhaps one of the most spectacular, strange creatures reported in the Middle East of all is a case detailed by a reporter and researcher, L.A. Marzulli, in his series, The Watchers, of a United States Special Forces unit that allegedly not only sighted, but also engaged and killed what can only be described as an actual giant in Afghanistan. In 2002, this Special Forces unit was supposedly operating in a remote area on a mission to find a patrol with which they had lost radio contact and offer assistance if they were in danger. The team was making its way along a goat path when they allegedly noticed that the ground was littered with bones and a piece of what ominously appeared to be a broken communications equipment, as well as large, heavy rocks that looked as if they had been arranged into patterns by hand. It was claimed that as the unit examined these stone patterns and the piece of smashed equipment that they were suddenly confronted by a creature with long red hair and a shaggy beard that stood a truly enormous 12 to 15 feet in height. The towering humanoid beast reportedly carried with it a long pike-like weapon of some kind that it used to promptly stab one of the men, and the rest of the team immediately opened fire on it, managing to apparently kill it. The entire violent episode lasted only around 30 seconds, and it is then claimed that a military helicopter was sent in to retrieve the body of the creature, but was unable to due to the massive size. One of the witnesses would say, It was too big and we couldn't move it. It smelled worse than a skunk. A corpse that's been around for a while, the communication was sent out, 
that we had a very large, possibly human creature. One C-130 pilot later claimed that he helped when the corpse of what he had come to known, be known as the Kandahar Giant was eventually moved to a military base in Ohio and that it was revealed to be a humanoid creature that measured 12 feet long and approximately 1,100 pounds in weight. What happened to the alleged body after, it's a, after that is anyone's guess. Witnesses claimed that they were later ordered to alter their reports on the engagement to remove all mention of the giant they had encountered and that the government had gone to great lengths to cover it all up. As to what the creature could have been, those who believe the story point to the fact that its description matches up very well with the legendary race of giants written of in the Bible, which are called the Nephilim, and are described as often carrying lances as weapons. Coast to Coast AM host George Norrie, who appeared on the episode and has interviewed the C-130 pilot who claims to have moved the body, even pointed out, it just sounds like the Nephilim from the Bible, doesn't it? Giants? Biblical, mythical creatures? What are we to make of stories like this? There can be no doubt that there are things in the Middle East wars in Iraq and Afghanistan that go well beyond what most see in mainstream news. To barrel right on through and propel themselves into the furthest reaches of the odd. Such encounters as we have looked at here are surrounded by questions and we may never know the answers to. What did these people see? Is there any truth to any of it? Or is it just a mix of exaggeration, tall tales, and the stresses of war? Whatever the answer to these questions may be, the fact is that wars hold within them a treasure trove of strange stories and encounters, both with the enemy and things beyond our understanding. Whether these things lie firmly within the human mind or not, it is enough to make one wonder what other strange marvels troops have experienced beyond the veil of the TV news and the tidbits that are doled out for public consumption. The things we are allowed to see. What other dark mysteries lie beyond that veil, past the lighting and, and the fighting and the explosions and lurking in the shadows? What other horrors lie in those wars beyond the human ones? The answer, whatever it may be, is out there somewhere although it seems we are unlikely to ever see any of it on the evening news. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in and you can get a get a feel for the strangeness involved um i guess it stands to reason that of of all the activities that could push what is hidden into into sight I suppose a war is probably a pretty good one. Um, the idea that there are things out there, and I firmly believe there are, ladies and gentlemen. I think there are whole catalogs of things that exist 
that we just haven't stumbled on yet or been effectively able to prove yet. But, you know, these stories are coming from somewhere, whether it's from legend or from folk tales or whatever. All of these stories, I believe, have some kind of foundation in the truth. And granted, there are major embellishments to, you know, to this, these tales, not these specifically, but tales that we get through our folklore and legend and such uh, embellishments that maybe lend to better storytelling uh, through the generations. But people are seeing things all of the time uh, that, that don't measure up with our normal reality and uh, seem to defy what we understand as our reality. And I think that's the hard part, is that what is possible? And I, I think, you know, throughout the course of doing this show, the one, the one takeaway that I've been able to gain through the years is that it's all possible. People are seeing things. People are encountering things. Uh, these stories in particular are, you know, very focused on one part of the world. And it's a part of the world that's largely been uh, a tribal system for thousands of years. There isn't a whole lot of what we would consider uh, modern areas in these places. Many may not even have electricity. Um, they're still living very, very simply in our Western terms. So, um, these, these things are there and they, they are allegedly, uh, a part of the life of these villagers and, uh, their culture. And we're the outsiders coming into these places that we just don't know much about outside of the press releases, outside of the, uh, National Geographic and other, other, uh, forums that tell us about the world around us. So, um, there are things hidden in the shadows here among us in our United States and Canada and Australia and all of our, you know, first world countries. But then when you start exploring these other places, these, these strange, almost alien areas that we don't really understand and what will we find lurking in those shadows? Well, I think this story does a great job of encasing that and encapsulating at least a bit of that into, you know, stories of what these soldiers allegedly encountered and the, the strange and unusual things that they saw that seemed to defy our understanding of reality. Again, uh, that is what the paranormal is, is anything that's not normal. And this is all very paranormal. Now, is, is it for sure factual? Well, we don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't write the article. I, I do believe in Brent Swanser, though. I think he does a great job of evaluating, of going through the material and uh, quantifying it as best as he can. And he's very candid in his in his uh, in his articles that you know he's he's just putting it out there. He's putting out there what he's dis what he's researched, what he's discovered, and it certainly fits with a lot of other narratives, especially the Bigfoot story. Uh, that came out of Afghanistan. Um, the, the creature, obviously, you know, going right up those, those rocky cliffs with ease, those same behaviors are reported right here in the U.S. People seeing these um, ape-like humans climbing impossible uh, terrain with absolutely no problem. People have seen them scaling boulder fields and, and going up in just moments, some hikes that would take people maybe hours. And so there's, there's a certainly 
some comparisons. Now the the vampire like things, God, I hope that's not real. <laughs> that is just absolutely frightening. Now, obviously, we've all heard the vampire tales of uh, of our popular culture and the the Hollywoodization of the vampire mythos. Um, and you know, some sparkly vampires and, and they've become almost these romantic figures in our, in our fiction. But, you know, I, I suppose if there were beings that existed that were like that, that then they would be very much not a romanticized version. They would probably be very aggressive, feral, animalistic. Um, you know, if we're prey, then they're not going to be really, uh, <laughs> really kind to us. Were food, um, and that the, the cave story was absolutely gave me the chills. It's just I can't imagine what those situations would would be like to face that kind of horror, uh, you know, right in front of you. I just don't understand. I can't comprehend it, and I don't want to comprehend it either. You know, I'll I'll be the first to admit that I do a show about the paranormal, but there's a lot of things that I cover that I would not want to see, and I don't think any sane human would. But it is a world of discovery, and that's the exciting part. It's a world of possibility. And I do think that we stand to learn a lot about the world around us by understanding more of these phenomena, whatever they may be, whether they're strange creatures we didn't know were there. Well, things are still being discovered all the time. Uh, Even large species like new orangutans that were not known to exist have been discovered in recent years. So, it's not just insects and fish and things like that. There are still pretty significant discoveries happening in our world above the surface and, and uh, not in the microscopic world in our, in our macrocosm of sorts that we live in. So there's a lot going on we don't know. There's a lot of ground that's never been touched on this planet. And what lives in those places way away from us? Uh, there's, again, there's lots of stories of people seeing stuff all around the world. So I think it's pretty safe to say there's something out there because there's one thing I've always said doing this show and, and it's, to me, it's kind of an important takeaway. And, and that is, I don't know how much of this stuff is real or not. You know, I, I, I really believe that, that much of it is probably valid to some degree. But what I will say is that if only 1% of the thousands of things and stories and encounters that I've shared on this show, if only 1% of what I've told on this, on this show is actually valid and, and real and factual, then that's a hell of an amazing and, and uh, uh, earth-shattering thing. Because that very, very well means that we are living in a world that we don't quite understand. And there are things in this world living among us that we don't even understand and are not even aware of. I mean, I think everybody's at least got an understanding that there are Bigfoot out there, maybe. There are dogmen out there, maybe. There are some other odd things that might be out there, too. There are saucers. There are ghosts. And, and we have a, a vocabulary for them. But then we encounter these other things that we don't really know what to do with those. You know, what do we do with those? What does that mean? Well, it just means there's a lot more to discover in this world. There's a lot more going on in this planet than, than we're aware of. And, and I think that that's, again, that is an exciting thing. And I think that that's what the paranormal is. The paranormal is the breadcrumbs. It shows us fantastic possibilities of the reality we live in. Um, there's mechanics of it that are going on that we just don't understand. And if we can study those, 
perhaps we can apply it and, and learn to utilize some of these dynamic forces that we don't really understand and improve the quality of our life, maybe. Now, that's a pretty romanticized notion. I'll be the first to admit that. But, you know, if we could understand that there are possibly gateways or portals uh, that, that exist in our world that are maybe almost like wormholes in our world, um, if we could learn about them, if we could learn to apply those gateways and uh, possibly utilize them for the betterment of our societies, I mean, it could help out a bunch. We could maybe move things very quickly and efficiently across the face of the world. Um, a lot of times on the show, we, we've talked about the paranormal aspect of some of these cryptids, like the Bigfoot, for example. And I'm kind of spiderwebbing here, but there's a, po there's a point to this. Um, and that is uh, people are saying that they're seeing these Bigfoot, in this, in this case, do some extraordinary things that don't make sense. They disappear. They fade out. They, they can um, just blink in, uh, in the blink of an eye. They can be gone. And what if they're utilizing uh, some kind of uh, network or, or uh, passageways through dimensional uh, realities, are, which I firmly believe that are naturally occurring. And I've mentioned this on the live shows that we've covered stories of, of hikers and people in the wilderness that have stumbled into these potential gateways completely unprepared and unaware. But in the matter of a couple steps, They'll be in a whole different ecosphere. They can go from like uh, North American forest to tropical and day will turn to night and weather will be absolutely different or changed in, in just footsteps. And backing out of those footsteps, they've returned to the, the place that they were, were familiar with. And, and so, again, there again, if only 1% of those stories are true, of the many that I've read and some we've covered on the show, if only 1% of those are true or one-tenth of 1% 1 even, that still means that people have experienced something absolutely phenomenal and absolutely amazing and even absolutely terrifying because how do we know where those things are? How do we know either to avoid them or to utilize them? And could it be that species like the Bigfoot uh, part of their knowledge, if they are indeed as intelligent as we are or in that ballpark, could they have knowledge of that, much like we have knowledge of subway systems and bus routes? Could they have a knowledge of these networks of these portals or vortices that travel to different spaces and uh, across the world? Could that account for some of the pro proliferation, global proliferation of what appear to be Bigfoot-like creatures? from Australia to Asia to Europe to the UK to the United States, North America, South America, Central America. I mean, there are sightings of them everywhere, but maybe they're all the same things traveling around. And, and maybe, maybe the population is pretty, pretty sizable, but they're able to use this network. And this is just a wild theory, but this is what the paranormal is to me. And that's the exciting part of it is that this is a, a whole world of discovery. And so in this instance uh, of Brent Swanser's amazing article, it's like a, a little bit of a microcosm, a little, a little zoom in and see what weirdness is in this one area. So then taking into consideration, this is one region uh, and some potentially new and, and uh, unusual cryptids that exist in that region. Well, you look at the, the world, the globe itself, and there are all kinds of regions and 
perhaps there are just amazing numbers of things left to be cataloged and understood. So these these rat monkey like things that were in the in the end there, what are they? What are the, I mean is that just another natural animal that just we haven't understood yet. We haven't discovered it. It hasn't become part of our scientific uh, uh, classifications and and understanding. So uh, a lot of this just may be new things that are popping up over there. I don't know how many in-depth studies, natural studies they've done in the Afghanistan area. I'm not really familiar with uh, what Afghanistan is like. I've just seen, of course, video and, and uh, some some coverage of the the skirmishes over there, and it and it kind of looks like more of an arid, desert-like place. And it's you know maybe there's much more diversity, eco diversity over there where there is forest lands and where there is a, a quite a variety of habitats available. Again, uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of geographically challenged, so I'm not necessarily a good uh, reference point for what's possible over there, obviously. But I really appreciate the scope and the thoroughness of his articles, Brent Swanser's articles. It's just uh, amazingly well done, amazingly robust stories. When I get done with his articles, I don't feel like I've read an article. I feel like I've, I've read an information-packed uh, paper. It's just really incredible. And I, I'm really thrilled that uh, he's allowing us to utilize some of his articles for the show because I, I want to showcase that. And I want to bring that to you guys. Uh, again, Brent Swanser, a lot of his work is uh, featured on Mysterious Universe, but you can find him on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, look for Brent Swanser and uh, you'll find him. And he's got a group there as well on Facebook. It's really cool. Um, he does a great job and he posts many of his articles there, one of his archives, and it's called Dark League Paranormal and, uh, just a fantastic deal. So I hope you guys will check out his work. Um, let him know what's, uh, what you think of it. I, I, I know that if you check it out, you'll love it. If you're a fan of the paranormal, you're going to love his, his articles and his work. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this show. I've really enjoyed bringing it to you. I, I love talking about the paranormal, obviously. That's why I've got a show of my own. And uh, again, a special thank you to all of you out there who are uh, spreading the word about the paranormal portal, letting people know we're out here. Uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, we've met many wonderful people and listeners and uh, that have become friends of the show. And thank you all for that. You can follow the paranormal portal. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio. Of course, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whatever platform that is, we hope that you'll you know give it a like or a thumbs up or whatever whatever way that you can rate these. It really helps us a bunch. If there's a way to uh, rate the Paranormal Portal and give us a review, please do so. It means a lot and it really helps us out. And the more of those we get, if they're positive, the more that our shows will be uh, recommended. Uh, you know, just like on YouTube, everything has to do with the thumbs up and the comments and, you know, people, uh, taking part in the discussion. So the same is on the podcasting platform. So your feedback really helps us get noticed. And, uh, we appreciate so much that those of you out there who have done it, have taken the time to do that. That means the world to us. So 
Thank you all very much. Um, and again, you can find us uh, streaming live on YouTube and a whole back catalog of 800-plus episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash paranormalportal. And uh, I hope you'll check that out as well. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up our show for tonight. Thank you all for, for being here and being a part of the journey, as always. And uh, every Sunday we release new podcasts, so I hope you'll check them out. But love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day. And remember to laugh as much as you can. 